Hey, Macca. Hey, Streety. Hey, Nugget. G'day, boys. And hello, everyone else. It is Welcome episode back. 64. Sports and spit. 64 episodes. That's a lot. And hasn't the world changed since February February the 15th since our last episode? Because it's been so long, do we reset or do we uh, keep continue on? <laughs> nah, the number can't stay the same, but... Uh, we are living in a different place. Uh, one, one, one could say there's plenty of water on, under the bridge, figuratively oh. and literally, <laughs> yep. since our last podcast. So uh, let's uh, just get into it. Hey, eh? what have you been up to, boys? Well, I've been sick, and then I've watched a lot of sport and a lot of Netflix, and that's largely about it. And a lot of news of floods and everything else, as you're referring to, Street. Yes, you, so you were sick, but you haven't had COVID yet, which is probably a little bit no, disappointing. Apparently not. Well, I haven't tested positive. That's and that's not because I haven't tested. That's basically because uh, it just seems like I haven't got it. But I was quite ill, so I was very sure that I had it. But I, but alas, I'm still yet to have been struck down by it. Whereas I, I had it. My whole family had it, but none of us were really sick with it. Yeah, but, right. Uh, so it's funny how it uh, affects different people in different ways. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, Nuggets has been there, done that, so. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky enough to, uh, well, I think my test went AWOL. My wife tested positive, but let's just run with it. I had it. Um, but, yeah, it's been, hasn't it, been an interesting couple of months, everything going on in the world. Well, the world, we, of, sport, world of sport, I've managed to get out and uh, visit a few. So Well, you've seen a couple few, of games, Nugget, haven't you? United you've... games, few Got down to the Giants game, was good. Got on the field, so yeah, yeah it was pretty good. Yeah, been... getting around in that scarf, mate. It looks like you're a politician on, on the early stages of the campaign trial. With anything, uh, D- don't anything me, to mate. reveal? <laughs> don't insult me. Don't, don't <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to be the uh, next candidate for the Palmer United Party, are you? Or the he might be. <laughs> He's, uh, he ditched his position in the Volunteer Fire, fire Brigade. Oh, controversial! Just Here we go. Get, Getting the resume up and then uh, community service and then um, entrenched in the community, Adam Pfeiffer. I didn't ditch that, mate. I'm still part of that. It was the paid one. I was getting oh. paid to, paid to do it with Fire and Rescue. So I quit that. No, I do it for the love. Do it for the love. <laughs> do it, I do it for the community. That's right. So, boys, when we were trying to get together, we tried to get together just before the start of the two football codes. Now, is that a good place for us to start tonight, you reckon? Yeah, Should let's we... let's let's kick off with our previews after yeah. round three. Preview round three rounds in, absolutely. Three Which rounds probably... into the NRL, two rounds into the AFL. Let's start with the NRL. So yeah, so we have three rounds to judge this on, and w- what do we think so far, boys? Has the season been what you expected? Well, for me, I would probably say things are probably going to script of, of, of how I would have uh, predicted who's good, who, who's bad, you know, who's likely to finish as a top four or top eight side, who are the bad teams, who's who's in contention with the wooden spoon. So um, I think, uh, you know, the, there's not that many surprises um, yeah. early on. Um, usually most years there's a few upsets here and there. Those upsets probably haven't sort of dictated too much as to – the shape of the ladder, and I think, uh, you know, there'll be a little bit of movement. But yeah. um, Well, there's only two points difference between 15th and 2nd at the moment, so <laughs> I think uh, it, but, it, it is a bit early. But but you can um, tell good teams from, from not good teams. 
Would that's you have quite tipped, obvious. Would you have tipped the Cowboys to be running second at the moment? Uh, that won't last. Mm. Um, so, no, I wouldn't have tipped them second. I, I think they still will miss the finals. Uh, yep. as, so they, yep. they weren't a finals team for me. And uh, Well, I know. wouldn't have tipped the, the, the Eagles to be coming 15th. I know that. And the Roosters no. are sitting 13th at the moment. So there's a few surprises there, I think, outside the eight. Um, Back to the Cowboys, though. Not even with their star recruit, Chad Townsend. Um, <laughs> at, at the former guest and, on the show. Well, former guest and friend yeah. of the show until yeah. we bagged the shit out when he hit Ponga. But still, uh, or I did. Oh, I think yeah, I think your mate in the middle here, Matt Streetfield, probably bagged him a bit earlier than that. So, <laughs> but um, I don't yeah, think he'll be they, coming back on. But oh. they had the commentators calling buy buy of the year already after after all that. Uh, I strongly disagree with that. I think there's a honeymoon period for Chad Townsend and the Cowboys. Um, I got to say that their coach Todd Payton absolutely sees something in him that all Shark supporters don't. Um, <laughs> And we're just waiting for that moment to, to come and Todd realises that, oh, okay, this is what they meant. So that has... That is this has, kind has of like the way you talk about an ex-girlfriend where <laughs> you kind of say, oh, mate, what a bitch. Like, she <laughs> left me. She's never going to have anything good going for her. You know, like, good honour, like, good riddance. I, I feel it. Nugget, don't you feel like he's a bit jaded? Absolutely, especially when when he wins Dally M this year, Jesus. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. Um, I, I, oh, I, 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 you know, what? when I do my top eight later, I'm going to tip the Cowboys as maybe minor premiers <laughs> just to spoil I don't disagree with your ex girlfriend analogy, but I got to say, I'm absolutely happy with my new shiny one, who's way better than 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 the, than the one we had before. Well, so. I think that's what we always tell ourselves, but sometimes late at night, mate, we always just think back to what might have been. Yeah. Oh, listen, and I feel I like have... maybe what happens is maybe you just like late at night when the kids are in bed and Kate's gone to sleep or watching maths in the bedroom, you might slip a couple of tapes into the tape player and just have a look at Chad's highlights and just go. No chance, mate. I just flick up a picture of Nico Hines and I just know that we've made the right choice. If you flick up a picture of Nico Hines, I know that's not the only thing you'd be flicking either, I would suggest. <laughs> No, What's the sound? One hand clapping. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. No. So listen, on the sharks, I'm just going to jump straight in. I uh, there's only ever been two year, two two there's two times where I've actually bet on us to win the comp. Uh, one of them was the year we won the comp, and I actually put money on us to win the grand final again this year, and I put a, a larger bet on us to finish as a top four side. So. Um, whilst I can't speak for winning the comp, I can definitely say that I'm confident about a, a top four finish. Um, so yeah, Sharkies. Are you straight top up top four finish for the Sharks this year? Yes. And and yet I have a memory that every year since the dawn of time, you've tipped a top four finish for the Sharks. You may have no. parted with your hard earned no. money. In the last few pods, because... I've tipped us for six and then eighth and ninth for the last couple of years. Really? Uh, and guess what's happened? Guess we finished in those spots. Mm. So um, I think my tipping success, I know my side pretty well, uh, and the Sharkies are a top four team this year. Okay, we've recruited well, well. Well, before we get a bit of Sharks overload, let's then go through the rest of our teams. Not the, not the top eight, but let me ask you, Nugget, after three rounds, your beloved Knights, how do you feel about them this time around? I'm actually, and- like, round one, you, you know, you, you take that. It was it was a good win. 
it's the Roosters, you know, they they played pretty well. Round two, I was actually glad that we beat the Tigers because we tend to stink it up against the Tigers in that we were two of their five total wins last year. Oh, was that so, that game? Yep. So that was that was good. And look, we can't, I can't say we guaranteed, but it's going to be a closer game against Penrith on the weekend with 13 players on the field. So until that vicious headbutt to uh, Barnett's elbow. So, so we'll talk about the Barnett elbow. Yeah. But the you you believe that if he had stayed on the field, the game would have been closer. I think so. I don't think. Do we win it? We're in with a, with a bloody good shot in that. I I felt we had the upper hand at that stage. We were up six four, and Penrith seemed nowhere. Yeah. So. Um, and the fact they scored three tries in the last five minutes, it, yep. it sort of it sort of favoured them a bit. Scoreline, as far as the season goes, if we had have done the preview before the season, brace yourself. I wasn't tipping the Knights in the eight. Oh, think, really? Not even think, in the eight. I didn't think we'd make the eight. I still, and it's and I suppose it's just going off past years. If we get injuries to one or two, we're done as far as Yaponga or Clifford at 5'8". I think yeah, we're, okay. we're, we're lost there. Ponga, however, I mean, he's already had two weeks off. So how soft he'll go, because it will happen again at origin time as well. Is he playing this week, Ponga? Is he, he back? He was he's named, in the, named. named in the team today. Yeah, so okay. he's named last week as well. So Yeah, okay. So What's his, uh, I, I love... I, I'm I, not down his injury. Well, Streety, don't you just love... There's nothing more optimistic... Than a Knights fan after three or four rounds, is there? Every every year living in this town, I get I hate the Knights. This year, yeah. we're back. We're back. back. We're, 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 we're absolutely far. back. And we're far from. And it, I just but, love yeah. watching it when it just all comes tumbling down. Yeah, St George have been pretty guilty of that too, peaking sort of in March. Mind, April. mind you, we do we do have the saviour back in Newcastle. So, oh Andrew Johns, it's all good. Do you really think, Nugget, no. in all honesty, that Johnsy can actually do much for a footy team these days? Yeah. Like in, just, just from his coaching side of things? Yeah, definitely. And you, you can, do? Yeah. Knights actually have, I won't say a fantastic account, a, attack. However, they've got something different already. You could tell that after two games. They've got something other than throw the ball upon her and get out of the way. One up, one up, do a bomb that we saw with the great Mitchell Pierce, which was a chip. Wouldn't matter if the fullback was out of position, he'd find him on the full. It was great. But, <laughs> well, but, man, he must have trained with Chad Townsend because that's yeah, what he did. Yeah, but they just had something a little different. Can he make a difference as in turn the Knights around and they'll win a grip? No, I don't think you got that. I mean, you don't Tom's, think he'd be, he wouldn't be the difference. He's an X factor, yeah. definitely. He's brought something different already and it's, yeah, it shows so already. So, so John's is not going to be the difference between, you know, you, you're not finishing in the eight to you winning a grand final, obviously. He's not going to make that much of a difference. But, think, he, but he still changes the dynamic of the club and the way so they play. Do you think where John's biggest strength is, is sort of, you know, um, let's call him a, At the zoo. Let's call him <laughs> like, a, you know, let's use your halves On the as an dance example. Floor. Jay, Jay Clifford probably and, and Adam Plune hardly recognised as sort of top-line halves. Um, and, you know, Clifford's fairly young in his career. Um, probably do you think where Johnsy's biggest strength is is enabling guys like those to sort of, you know, have 
increase their game by, you know, 40, 50% to a level where they're sort of not quite top flight, but they're solid. Definitely. Solid enough to, to, to manage a game and sort of, you know, help steer the Knights to win when maybe Ponga's out in an origin period where yeah. they would have just got belted, if, you know, in, in, years, in years past. In years past, definitely. Definitely. And, I mean, you can sort of see that in that the Dragons let go of Clune and he, he was all right. He wasn't anything great. I'm not saying he's the best thing ever, but at the same time, those two, you can tell Clifford's confidence is up a hell of a lot more. And he's given a bit more free reign that he's got a hell of a boot on him. And they've mm. obviously said, kick the shit out of it, do it. As opposed to, again, last year, it was the little chip kicks to the corners instead of those booming things. So, yeah, look, I, I think Johns has definitely made a difference. Um, if we if we scrape into the eight, it, I think it would have a lot to do with him and a lot to do with the halves remaining healthy as well. So did Mark Carroll get a secret sort of uh, job with the Knights as well and some of his influence rubbed off on Mitch Barnett with that elbow? Uh, back to the elbow, yeah. So <laughs> realistically, it's the Penrith bloke's fault. Um, he was just pushing to get to the sideline and pushing air out of the way and then just so happened his chin got in the way. But um, look, yeah, we found out just before we came on in six weeks I think he's very, in all seriousness, very lucky to get only six weeks. So, in the, so you think he deserved more? I thought eight is what they were going to do. What probably fell in his favour a bit was the media bash up, and it was more the media bash up straight away on the NRL, which mm. a few commentators came out and said if they don't make an example of this, the game's a joke, blah, blah, blah. And it's like the NRL don't like being told what to do. We've seen that at numerous times. The decisions aren't exactly the smartest from them, but mm. it's what we've come to expect from ex-footballers. So. so, Nugget, do you think the elbow was reckless or, like, do you think it was deliberate? I don't think he, I don't think he came to elbow him straight across the jaw and as flush as he got him. He mm. was definitely, it was a raised arm. Mm. And, I mean, we discussed before, if old mate keeps running through, he probably cops it in the neck or... Yeah chest to neck whereas it didn't help that he so I'm not blaming him whatsoever Mitch Barnett was a fucking idiot but yeah. at the same time yeah I think he was more careless than anything he, the fact he wasn't even looking at him yep um it was kind of not that you condone this sort of thing but like Barry Hall when he turned and knocked old mate flush on the chin pretty hard to bloody do when you're not looking so yeah. Yeah. Nugget, if you don't have grubby tendencies in, in the way you play Mm. then you don't run run past a player off the ball with a raised elbow. So there's obviously some kind of intent, um, you know, buried in, in Mitch Barnett's game somewhere that will, oh, yeah. you know, enable him to actually, you know, go through with that. And maybe he didn't have enough time to think about it, but maybe that's his problem. He doesn't actually think about the consequences of doing what he did and ultimately – it didn't pan out and um, it went horribly wrong for him. And I'm sure yeah. he's remorseful for it now. There's, there's no doubt for that. Um, no doubt about that. But I, I can't possibly see how you could um, you could say it was, it, you know, obviously it's careless, but how you could say it wasn't reckless because it 100% was reckless because you hmm. went at a guy off the ball and raised your arm and got him in the chin. Yeah, um, yeah reckless. Reckless and careless, probably you'd put in the same category. It's the same kind of definition. I mean, you know, you don't, if you if you have the discipline to not do that, then you're not being reckless, are you? Like, as in, yeah. and, and, know, and, so uh, look, mm. 
and he's no saint in that that's what they like since 2015 he's had five charges mm. so he's hardly the clean skin that's yeah it's going to get off and i mean yeah, he's got he's got history here i love i i this what i always love when they go oh it's not really in his game actually in mitch barnett's game it is a big part of his game to be honest like mm. Um, yeah, it, is, it is. It is basically what he's about. So he's yeah. a grub. He's found himself yeah. in 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 a few headlines for for the wrong reasons, and here he yeah. is again. So, uh, yeah. I mean, in, you know, a couple of years ago when the Knights were sort of wooden spurners, he was, you know, two or three years running their best player. Yeah. Um, and you know, he was knocking on the door of, of rep footy there for a bit. So, and that um, and that's the that's the tightrope you walk because, and the only reason he was there and one of the best was his aggression. He yeah. went in and got after it, but it was controlled. It wasn't rip your head off, elbow you in the jaw, yeah. that sort of thing. At the same time, it was that's the game of footy, and that you, yeah, you get after it, especially in the forwards. So, yeah. But I mean, you, then you look at the other side of things, and you've got old mate from Melbourne that got nothing but a fine that did set cleaned up a plate, yeah, in a tackle. So, I'm not comparing it whatsoever, but at the same time, you sort of go, well, hang on, you've sort of got to look at what the outcome was, which old mates knocked out flat out of it. Yeah, there's, there's definitely been some inconsistent rulings. I mean, that that Tigers game uh, versus the Knights, Jackson Hastings uh, took out the kicker. Um, no, he, he spear tackled him. He came in under and he, he just not even 10 in the bin. Um, mm. And it was just a penalty on report. I actually don't think he's been suspended. Um, whereas if you look at some games over the weekend, some pretty soft, off the ball sort of, um, you know, things in the Dragon Sharks game last Thursday. Um, I think it was um, one of the Dragons blokes ended up in the bin for what I would consider no chance it should have been a bin. So Cronulla got got lucky there. And, you know, same thing happened to us where Ramian ended up in the bin for something that should have just been a penalty and not not 10 in the bin. So, and, yeah, and think, what, uh, what do you what do you guys think of the new ruling is in terms of the HIE independent doctor and so on? Um I'll, I'll jump in straight away and just go, no, nah, they've got to, it's hard. It's, it's a very hard one to adjudicate, but when you got like Kurt Mann stayed down because he got hit in the balls and then they bought him off because they went, mate, you stayed down. It's like, yeah, because he, he, he openly said, because I got hit in the balls <laughs> and they made him come off for HIA. Yeah. Like, but the problem is, Nugget, now that it's almost the case of the boy who cried wolf because yeah, you I can, you know, there's been yeah. so many, trainers and you know on coaches instructions to you know bend mm. the rules for players who generally probably should come off for HIA and they just you know the trainers waves them off and they keep going you know that only to be lot, you know probably knocked out yeah Melbourne everyone does it it's it's bad it's a bad look but and yeah. on the flip if you try and go the other way then you have these these doctors who you know for, for a bloke that stays down because he's been hitting the nuts fair enough but if you see he's been hitting the nuts well, then, are they really going to believe him? Oh, he might be full of shit, so let's pull him off and give him HIA instead. Well, when they yeah. looked at the replay, you can see him get hit fairly square in the cags. So. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I, I think Streety, I, I agree with Streety on this one. I look, Well, I guess I agree with both of you. I mean, I get why it's frustrating, Nugget, because it is ridiculous that, that, that he would have got dragged off because he got hit in the nuts. But they've only got themselves to blame. And it, mm. because they clearly can't self-police it, which is mm. what they were given the opportunity to do. And so, unfortunately, when you don't self-police it, then you have to put up with somebody policing it that's probably going to over-police it and say, mm. okay, well, you got hit in the nuts. I, I can see clearly on the replay you got hit in the nuts, but 
I'm liable here if something else has happened to you that I haven't seen on a replay. So I'm just going to be really caution or really cautious and I'm going to drag you off and you're going to have a HIA because there's nothing like there's no valid reason for me to leave you out there. Right. Mm. I, I'm not, I don't have a vested interest in you staying out there. So you're going to see that for the whole year. And really like, hopefully it, it, it's a, like at least a catalyst for trainers and clubs to stop trying to take advantage of a welfare issue. Like yeah. I, what, I, what I can't stand is NRL clubs who just say player welfare is absolutely what we're about. Right? No, that's no not difference. the case at all. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely not the case at all. What they are about is winning games, right? And trying to get any type of advantage to do that. You and can see it in, in you that. can see it in the coaches' box how frustrated yeah. these coaches get when yeah. when their players have to go to HIA. They're like, ah, you know. So of course yeah. they're going to do whatever they can to you know yeah. avoid having their players to do that. Well, and that that frustrated culture would 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 definitely have an impact on the club doctor who works for that football department on the judgment call they make, right? Now, totally. let's not bring anybody into disrepute, but that's absolutely the way people would look at it. How is it? And it's, it's no different to, you know, a, a news service, you know, um, having sponsors, you know, and so, of course, you, you're going to have certain agenda or you're going to swing one way, you know, with, with, with what you sort of, you know, show as news or, or things like that. So if you employ a doctor, then the doctor is working in the club's interests, not necessarily what the NRL wants. Mm-hmm. I guess the question is, 15 minutes seems like an awful lot of game time for a player to be off the field for HIA. Um, they've obviously come up with this figure 15 minutes. It's, it's ludicrous that 15 minutes, you know, if a player gets taken out, like the, the, the Penrith bloke on the weekend, I know Barnett gets enough, but let's just say he goes to the bin for 10 He's back on the field before old mate comes back for his HIA. Yeah. You know, do HIAs have to be 15 minutes? Is there a way that they can be less? I think the I, – I, well, I think the general medical opinion on that would be that it's like co- concussion symptoms can be delayed. Mm. And so I, I think I think the 15 minutes would clearly be based on uh, – and I'm not a doctor, I'm not proclaiming to be one, but from my understanding, delayed symptoms present obviously fairly regularly with concussion. And so I think the 15 minutes is generally an observation time, right? But again, I'm sure it would be overly cautious, but if the clubs again hadn't tried to take every advantage of of a rule input around that was implemented for player welfare, then they wouldn't have to suffer through 15 minutes of losing a player. So, Mm. yeah. Um, And maybe the NRL should uh, look at um, for players that get taken high and they go for HIA and a player gets binned, they should get binned for the same amount of time. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, it's potentially it's potentially less about reducing the HIA time and more about increasing the sin bin time for a professional foul. Yeah, so yeah. that'll work. That'll work. All yeah. right, and now last but not least, mate, uh, your dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's absolute it's, key signings that they're going to well, win your con. So, okay, here's Could, my absolute unbiased opinion. Right, the dogs, I've got a question for you. Okay, well, the dogs will be lucky to make the eight. If we were to make the eight, I would be happy with that compared with where we were last year, right? Now, I think that through our off-season, we have addressed some of our deficiencies. Um, However, I believe that we still have no real purpose or plan in attack. And and 
that's because our half our halves are new and getting used to them each other as a combination but they're also they're not being guided by an Andrew Johns or somebody else right at this particular point in time Trent Barrett was a great 58 but ultimately it wasn't really one of the greats of the game and 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 all I'm saying here is if we spend a lot of money on a Josh Addo car right by the time the ball gets to him and the defense has had time to adjust because it basically takes a long time to get there. And there are three players around him. He's not that good to score a try from there. So he's good enough. If he's at the end of a back line that actually creates space for him. Um, so he's good enough to finish, but you've got to create the space in the first place. So we're you always answered, going to struggle. You mm. just answered my question pretty much. I was going to say on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate Josh Adokar's buyer's remorse for signing with the Bulldogs. <laughs> for, for him, you mean? So, yeah. Football-wise, football. Because obviously he's oh, happy with what he's getting paid, right? I, but, look, I think I think at this stage he wouldn't care too much, right? Like I think because his whole purpose was to cash in. And he cashed did, in, he's won um, comps. But for the footy side of things, this, this could affect yeah, him in definitely. the pocket in the sense that is yeah. he in the origin frame now? Is he in the rep frame? Yeah. Well, yeah. Kangaroos, it, like, he, he just has to stay healthy and he'll get in the blues side just from... I agree. Longevity. From history, yeah, exactly. And, and because provided, he's an incumbent. Yeah. And provided he performs at that level, yeah, he's fine with his rep, yeah. rep footy. It's the same as when Gagai was at the Knights. He was dog's balls here, and yet Queensland picked him and he comes out and he's a superstar. But he's also on the back end of the Australian back line. Back line, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And look, I, I agree with you though, Streety. What would what between one and ten, I think his buyer's remorse at the moment during a game would be about six or seven because he's getting like it's higher. I'd be getting frustrated with the fact that he's when he gets the ball, he's got three guys around him. He basically gets cleaned up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Burton is developing, but still isn't used to playing five eight predominantly, and so it'll take a while. Um, we we've made I, I, look. Our rebuilding, our rebuilding, our rebuilding, absolutely we do. We you get a halfback and a hooker, and once you get that sorted, then yep. Burton's game yep. elevates, and then your whole backline benefits. Yeah, I agree. So, look, I think, you know, I think we've made some great strides. I cannot believe I made a bet with you that we would finish above the Sharks. I think that was the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever done. Uh, you can pay me out early, mate. I'm happy to uh, take it. I must have been drunk. I think I might as well pay it out after the next can, round, I would suggest. Can you put it that instead of higher, they have to finish top four? Yeah. No, that wasn't part I, of the event, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, oh, look, I, I'm excited by what the Bulldogs could possibly produce in two or three years' time. I'll you think Trent Barrett's the man coaching? Uh, I think he's as good a good a chance as any. When I, I say the man, not not as in the man, but you see the no, man. No. That's, like, you know, is do, he the do man? Do you think that... he'll? Yeah. When yeah, the doggies, I... when they make that leap, is Barrett going to be there when they make the finals and you know end up in a prelim and things like that? I don't think it's bad coaching that's cost us up until this point, Streety. So I think I think he's probably got as good a chance as anybody. Um, and I and I think what we need to do is we need some stability, right? So firing a guy like Trent Barrett for another rubbish season or whatever, I, I don't want us to be paying someone's bloody wage that that's not working for the club. So and and that's yeah. the thing. If even if you got rid of him for who? Yeah, exactly. Like who's out there on the open market? Like who are you gonna? Who are you going to grab? You're only going to grab one of the assistants that was previous. Like, what are you going to do? Grab John Morris? Like, he's thinking, like he's probably not going to do any better. Nah. Well, so. listen, firsthand, probably not going to work out well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, so look, uh, 
mate. Yeah, I think he's a. I think he's a good enough for us at the moment. He's leading the rebuild. Okay, he's made some good decisions, but we just don't have the cattle, mate. That's all. So, hmm. what, what about the top money eight to spend? So, Streety, quickly, top eight, mate. What, like, you reckon the Sharks will be in the top four? Who's going to be in the top eight? Penrith. Penrith, yeah. Cronulla is so top four. I have Penrith, Cronulla. Um, I'm going to have. Uh, I still think the Roosters are a top four team. Yeah. And probably Melbourne. Um, mm. You know, those guys look pretty good. A lot of people tick them outside the four. Yeah. They're too good. I, I wouldn't be. I mean, minor premiers, Penrith or Melbourne. Cronulla will be fourth and. You know, you might have the Roosters or, you know, maybe Souths containing yep. that third. Either Roosters or the South will come out. Yeah. Um, the rest of your eight, Brisbane. Um, you reckon the Broncos will make the eight? Yep. Yeah, right. I think uh, Manly are probably good enough, but um, a friend of mine that's uh, pr- pretty big on the uh, on the punt sort of, uh, you know, had, had bet on a Manly regression um, mm. just because, you know, Tom, Tommy Turbo cannot have a season as good as he did last year. That was maybe maybe the greatest individual season ever, um, and Manly fell short there. Uh, and he's you know his, his game plan for now. You know what I mean? He's a bit, bit easy to work yeah. out. Yeah, bit, bit easy to neutralise. But Manly, you know, can beat anyone on their day. So I expect them to be in the finals. Um, I think the Raiders are always a bit of a uh, uh, a smoky. Uh, that's a good. To, that's a good comeback win on the weekend. I mean, it was yeah. against the Titans, but it's a good comeback win. Yeah. Um, if the Knights can stay healthy, then I think they're in the mix for the eighth spot. Um, I'm sure if I'm forgetting someone, South will be obviously top eight team as well. Parramatta, um, you know, all of that for, for every club, the most important thing is health. And, you know, in the last did couple of years. Did you name the Storm? I don't know if you said this. Yeah, yeah, Storm, yeah. Oh, top yeah, four. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nugget, what about you? Top eight. Oh, Shreedy, <laughs> let's go back to you very quickly. Grand final winner, Sharks. You reckon? Prelim for the Sharks? Yeah. I don't know about grand final winner. What, do the Panthers go back to back or someone else win it? I think it's a, it's, it's Penrith or Melbourne this year. Mm. Yeah. I, I can't. Like Penrith are better than what they were a year ago. Yeah. It's funny. It's crazy that sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they've proven that without Nathan Cleary, haven't they? Yeah. So, so they're yeah. Penrith, Penrith, Melbourne, the teams to beat. Um, but, you know, health is obviously going to be a major factor this year. So, yeah, yep. that's where that. Nugget, what do you reckon? Yeah, pretty similar too. However, I think the uh, my early call is Penrith will be ravaged by injury. Yeah, right. And, and go in the, they'll still be top eight, but bottom four of that eight. So, wow. Yeah, that's a big call. A few I wouldn't complain start, if that happened, but. Start, yeah. Started with, to, what's his name? To'o now. To'o, Brian To'o. And, uh, oh, what happened to him? And I think he's oh, out. He got for, hurt. He's out uh, for a M- while. MCL, I think. So he's, out, he's out to about round six, I think. Eight, eight, no, nah, eight weeks. He oh, is. eight weeks. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. Yep. So that rules um, him out pretty much for Origin then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eels, Panthers. I've got the Sharks in the eight. Just likewise, they'll be fighting for the Knights with the eight, with the. I think the Rabbitohs will definitely be in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Storm, as much as I hate those bastards. And um, <laughs> yeah, and oh, again, Roosters Manly. I don't see anyone else sort of going above. I, I, I do kind of agree with Switchy on the Cowboys. I think they're, they're, 
they they seem to go all right in the the first half of the season, and then the wheels mm. fall off. Now, whether or not uh, Tamalolo takes that to heart of, of what he's copped lately, and um, and fires up a bit, but yeah, I, I don't see it happening. The thing with it, I think the Broncos will definitely make some noise. I don't think they'll win it, but I think they'll go a hell of a lot better than what they are now. I think they've just got a bit of teething with Reynolds, but he's a class player and they've got an absolute monster pack. So, which that's what he kind of thrives in. So, mm-hmm. good back line as well. Katani Staggs, good player. Oh, look, you get him ball, ball early. He's, yeah, it's a big boy. Um, grand final winners. I was just thinking about that, and that's a bloody hard one. Um, I'll, I'll, if the Panthers stay healthy, I'll say they win it, which I don't think they will. Um, I'm going to put it between uh, the Roosters or Eels. Roosters or the Eels? The Eels, hey. Uh, Great game on the weekend, Parramatta Melbourne. That felt, <coughs> even though it was round three, felt yep. like a finals game. It was, it was great. Oh, yeah, there was and a fair in that, wasn't there? That poor bugger doing his knee with the winner. And so oh. he's out now for 12 weeks, I think. He's gone for the year. It's his ACL. His year, is it? Yeah. So who that, was that? His, who, that was his last, was Ray Stone. That was his last ever Ray game. Stone. He's, the, he signed the, the Dolphins that, for next year, too. Yeah, the bloke oh. that ran down the missed field goal, scored the winning try, and then the final step. Smash his knee oh, just disintegrated, no. and he yeah, he did his knee, but he falls over the line and scores a try. Yeah. Oh jeez, it was quite incredible. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What do you okay. got, mate? Uh, mate, I don't think I've got too much different to what you boys were kind of saying. I I do think uh, like I think the top four will probably be uh, Panthers, Rabbitohs. Um, I I think it probably then would be the Eels and the Storm. Um, I so uh, I really like the Rabbitohs. I'm I'm pretty big on the Rabbitohs after that win. I know they haven't had a great start. I know they lost to Brisbane. Um, I think that's a new coach. I think, but I I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think from there you probably see the rest of the four. Probably like the rest of the eight be. Um, who would I say would the Knights will the Knights will make the eight. The Sharks will make the eight, so they'll be six and set like fifth and sixth, I reckon. Um, I I probably reckon the Eagles will come up and and make the eight. Still, I still think they've got a pretty good chance. And then probably rounding that out, I would suggest it would be the Raiders. So, um, yeah. So, who's going to win it? Uh, I because I don't want to tip the Panthers, even though my head says the Panthers will probably take it out. I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. I'm pretty big on them. I'm high. Yeah, wow. Kiss of death. That's great. That's that knocks one out for us there, Nugget. Sure they sure they sharks won't win. Hell no, mate. No, I'm not gonna back. I don't even I'm not even gonna well we're we're in the GF, we got a shot. the sharks, mate. they won't go anywhere. If they make the eight, mate, they won't go anywhere past the first. But tell me, just just answer this this one question. Nico Hines looks at home in that sharks jersey, doesn't he? Just looks at home in it. I think Honestly, mate, I think when you've got a guy who's a footballer like Nico Hines is, you could put him in a piece of shit and he'd look pretty good. And I think that's probably what's happening. So I, I uh, think he looks out so, of place because it's a really shit team. And so, yeah. He's, uh, he's, a, cl- boys, he's eh? a class above. Yeah, so. I think it's pretty easy to look good when you've got dickheads. Rising tide lifts all ships, boys. 
Oh, dear. Oh, well, on that note. Let's, yeah, uh, we've been talking about the NRL for 40 minutes. We probably have to be pretty quick on the AFL, boys. So, Kick, kick on the well, I mean, there's only one thing to talk about, and I'm going to ask and, the question. Yeah, why did the Giants pay so much for Cogs? You're right. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, well, you weren't saying that when they first signed him for that. I don't even know who he no, is. Um, Stephen Cornelia. Waste of yeah. fucking money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, one I mean, of their yeah. co-captains. Well, we learned, I anyway. learned about him in that doco last year. Mm. So the, 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 my, my question is, Will we ever see? There's a bit of debate going around. Yeah. Was that the last time we have seen a anyone kick a thousand goals? And was it definitely the last time whoever kicks, if there was to be, you know, the the, the seventh guy kicks a thousand? What percentage chance is there that this the field is stormed or swarmed like it was on the weekend? Because that uh, they were some talk, pretty pretty I'll amazing talk, scenes. I'll talk first on this. Okay. If somebody does it first, if somebody does it, there is a 100% chance the field gets stormed again. Who right? is that next person likely to be? Uh, I don't think that person's playing the game at the moment, to be honest. So okay. I I kind of feel like my opinion here is probably that there is still a 60 to 70% chance that it happens again. And that percentage for me is based purely on the fact that the league – wants it to happen again so badly that they will change the game and the rules to let it happen again. Which they um, already have, have been. Yeah. And I believe they already have been, but I just don't believe that there's look, maybe, maybe some of the debutants this year might have a career that might see them do it. Um, Remember that kid from Melbourne that kicked six goals on the grand final last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, but all I would say here is it's going to be a bit more of a slow burn. It's going to take a while, right? There's probably none of the, of the guys that are in the four to 500 range that are suddenly going to have a career long enough to kick another 500. So I, I don't think it's any of the well-known guys at the moment that would kick it. There might be a guy on a list at the moment who either has just debuted or hasn't is yet to make his debut. That would, would be a shot at it. Um, and also because I think medical science will mean that people will play longer. Right. And, and yeah. so I think, I think there, whenever those two factors are considered, there is always a chance it will happen again. The only thing tugging at my mind, and I know I made a bet with one of our other mates about this, that this would happen again. But you've got a habit of making bad bets. So. I do. That's okay. <laughs> That's there's been a couple. But what I would say here, but you got to, you just got to have fun with it, right? That's, That's right. That's right. So uh, the only thing is, is I think think about basketball, and I think about Wilt Chamberlain's hundred point game, and and no one's getting close to that, I don't think. But but it could eventually be the reality that someone does get 100 points in a game with the way that game's going, right? Like, mm. it could happen. Someone gets a 70 early enough in some of these games that are now getting to 150 to 140. Mate, there's a chance we're seeing a 160, 170-point game from somebody and someone who gets 100 points. I so, reckon Kobe's 81, definitely gettable. Mm. I'd say they'd be sitting before, oh, I don't know. Coaches have a habit of sitting, guys, don't they, when they get, when they get on fire? I mean... Mate, Co- I, I honestly, oh, you haven't had a chance. I thought he might, he might get, he might get the eighty a couple of weeks ago. Mate, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put it past like a team to basically do exactly what they did in the Wilt Chamberlain game, which was basically just simply don't worry about the result, just throw it to him, right? Like that was it. it didn't matter what happened. Phoenix so, did that with uh, Devin Booker when the Suns were shit, 70. and he, he had his seventy point game at Boston. Yeah. So yeah. It, like that, that sort of stuff. People, they like. 
guys crave that sort of stuff right now, right? So it's always possible that that stuff will be brought down. Nobody wants to see a record that stood for 150 years and no one's got close to it because no one wants to believe that the guys back then were, were better than the guys now anyway. So I think you're probably nodded on the medical science. I think all sports um, are going to have sort of, you know, records broken. I mean, LeBron's about to chase down next season the all-time scoring record and that, that'll be year 20 for him. Uh, and then, you know, eventually one, one of the guys, as you say, for footy, same for basketball, it's a kid in college or high school now that in 20, mm. 25 years' time is going to get LeBron's scoring record. Um, yeah, exactly. Just got a question on Buddy Hill. Where does uh, – not Buddy Hill. Yeah, not Buddy Hill. Buddy, Buddy Franklin. Franklin, sorry. Um, his time with – how long has he been with the Swans for now? Um, oh, he's coming up on the end of his contract. I think this might be his last contracted year. So he's got one year left after this, I think, Nug saying, which he was mm-hmm. an eight-year contract or something, I think, wasn't it, Nug? Or not? Uh, it, was, it, was, it, it was a big it was, one. It was very, very long. Um, but yeah. at the same time, he in the warm-up games and even that round one game against the Giants, he looked busted. He looked yeah. like he was absolutely buggered. And then they pretty much got into him and said, right, you're doing it. This in that they flew his brother in from the States or something. His father's yeah. there. Everyone's there. How many was, did he need to it, kick? It was four. He, he needed four. four that game. And he hadn't yeah. kicked four goals in a game in a while. And then like, a it was time. pretty unlikely. So. Yeah. But, mm. but I mean, to, to give you some idea, and I think Mac is absolutely right, that there's no one in the current game now that's going to do it, um, unless there's some absolute bust-out seasons, which I don't see will happen. Um, but, I mean, to give you an idea, the next closest person was, um, it was Tom Hawkins, who yeah. has played, oh, I, I think it's 20, uh, 20 games less than Buddy. 300 he, goals. He's on 694. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we we have a friend of ours who's a, an AFL tragic. He's, he's, he's gave us some of his insight into some of our info and and uh, and whatnot on the pods before. Um, even though he's not a, he, he's been probably the, the most anti Swans critical, you know, buddy Franklin uh, person out there. Kurt um, <laughs> so on Franklin on that deal on the expense of that contract, has that worked out for the Swans? And would you say? that, you know, the Swans have got value for what they have paid for, for Buddy in terms of what he's produced on the field. I know that they made a grand final. They lost to his previous team. They haven't won a grand final with him, if I'm, if I'm correct there. Um, as as to on the field, they've, yeah, they've, look, they've, he, he, he hasn't been. Would you say it was a successful that, signing all around for, for Sydney to, 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 to get Franklin? Money-wise, definitely. In that it's paid for itself yeah. over and over again. Yeah, I agree. In, yeah. in merchandise, everything yeah. like that. On the field, a lot of people would just say no, it's a fail because they haven't won a single flag with him. Um, but I suppose that's the thing. It's a business. So successful signings, they've got their money back five times over. Yeah, and I and and I guess the thing is, it depends on your parameters of success, Streety. So, for what I mean by that is, if I was the head of the football department or the CEO of that company, would I think that it was a good investment? Yep, absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. They didn't win a flag with him, um, but that may not be the only measure of the success, right? Because easily they've got value for money, but also what they've been able to do is they've been able to put a hell of a lot of experience into young guys 
and the club remained relevant in the Sydney sporting landscape. And they're now on the verge of a really good period in that footy club's history. They have got young guys galore that have benefited from the experience of someone like Lance Franklin. And that's why they will keep him around for another couple of years after his contract expires yeah. if he wants to play. I was going to say. Yeah. And, and he'll stay even as a coach, right? Because yeah. um, so, so yeah, but, but the experience he will have been able to download into that list and those young guys, mate, that is going to be invaluable in a couple of years. And maybe a great, a great link piece. Yeah, a great exactly. link piece. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So, my, my, my opinion was, you know, premierships aside, you know, Sydney have been successful with Franklin in every other facet. They've made finals, they've made grand finals. He, he's yeah. been a corporate success. Um, Sydney has remained relevant, which, you know, there's always the chance that, you know, if they didn't get him, they may have ended up like what the Brisbane Lions were for years. Just yep. terrible. Absolutely. Um, and, yep, and then when, if you're competing with, you know, the NRL, which is based out of Sydney, um, you know, no one cares about the league anymore, so that was hardly a threat. But you know, when, so, when, when you're battling another major footy code, you know, yeah. to, to remain there is... Um, so Nugget's, Nugget's comment that he made about Cornelio's contract over at the Giants just across town is a pretty good comparison. He was He's getting paid $8 million over eight years, right? So basically the same yearly wage. Now, would you, if you compared it to that deal, would you say that the Swans got the better of the two deals? 100%, right? And, um, and well, Buddies was four year, 94 million. So yeah. 23 and a half mil a year. What? That sounds, sounds like a basketball contract. That's yeah. what it says here. <laughs> nah, Buddy Franklin or Buddy Hill? Yeah. Buddy you're, 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 you're looking at the max contract for Buddy Hill from the now think... Indiana Pacers shooting guard. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, Franklin's, let's go. Let's go back. Let's we're go talking back about again. Lance Franklin from AFL. That, that, that was the beer talking. Uh, <laughs> Ten million dollars over nine years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, holy dooly, that doesn't sound like AFL money. So he basically was getting like less than a million dollars a year, right? Mm. So, or probably just uh, sorry, more than a million dollars a year, one point one million dollars a year. Now. Cornelio is getting a million dollars a year. So, look, I feel like if you make that comparison, it's a no-brainer. But, mm. you know, look, the guy kept the team relevant. He, he, he made sure they were in the headlines. You know, mate, as a business investment, 100%, you would do that again every time. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the, the, the trouble with GWS is that unless you remember, no one else cares. Where yeah. Sydney, Sydney do have with the Swans, the ability to attract many a casual fan, uh, especially when they are good and relevant and, and you know, making a run at a final series. Yeah. There's plenty of people that can get on a, a, on a Sydney bandwagon. Yeah. I just don't think you get that with the Giants. Um, you know, their proximity, their location in Sydney is, is, is just a different set of demographics and things like that. So the Giants are always, they're going to have to pay overs for as long as they're around. Yep. Um, in order Absolutely. to be good. Right. So very quickly, boys, you want to run through your top eight in the AFL. Uh, so um, now after two rounds, this particular top eight is probably a bit arsy versy more than the NRL. We've got Hawthorne on top at the moment. I don't think there would have been too many people predict Back that. to their glory days. <laughs> and they wouldn't. I don't think you would ever pick that the, the two other teams, two prominent teams within the top eight is Collingwood at number two. And Carlton coming sixth, right? I don't think anybody would have predicted that with Carlton having picked up two wins in their first two games. 
very unusual for the Blues. Nugget, do you have a feeling as to, yeah, okay, maybe we don't name our top eight. Why don't you just name your grand final winner, Nugget? It's a very hard one two years in. And as much as it, it as hard as it is to go back to back, if you go off performance in that the AFL kicked off last the week before on the Wednesday. Yeah. And the quality of games in those first couple of games just showed the absolute class compared to the other teams and how it was like the NRL in terms of like you watch a storm versus say a Titans or a, I won't say Bulldogs, um, but just their class. So uh, Melbourne of they're flying high yep. and they, they stay healthy. I think they do go back to back. Yeah. 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 They're a good chance. Streety, you got to pick for the, any oh, I'll let, before we do that, any absolute surprises on teams that will miss the eight nugget? Yes, like, I've got one. Or, yeah. I'm predicting the Tigers to miss the eight this year. Richmond Tigers, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nugget. That's a big call, Shreddy. Yep. Yeah, I can't I can't see yeah, I can't see them missing the eight. The I suppose the surprise ones, and I think it's more I'd like to see it. I'd like to see the Suns make the eight. But they're kind of like the the cowboys of the AFL as far as they they come out blazing and you think righto and they can even go as good as half a season yeah that they can make you believe and then all of a sudden they absolutely die in the ass um, but I mean yeah you can't really go off the table now like Western Bulldogs haven't won a game they'll go well uh, Port Adelaide haven't won anything I, they're not going to be world beaters but at the same time. They'll make the eight. They'll be up there. Yeah. Um, St Kilda, North Melbourne, not not really doing much. Um, and look, Carlton have played some quality football. So who knows if they can carry on? I don't think they will. But yeah, stranger things have happened. Well, well right I'm now they're a the short, right, right now they're a shorter price favourite than Richmond to win yeah. it. So mm. yeah, Richmond to miss the eight. Sydney Swans to win the premiership. And Buddy Franklin really? to retire a year early. Really? Yeah. Well, physically, physically, he's not going to be, you know, I mean, they sat him after that thousandth goal, like, and he basically sat till the end of the game. Obviously, they'd had a 30, 40 minute break. You probably wouldn't put your old veteran out there. So, Mark, uh, did you see the photo? This, I love this. Of everyone stormed the ground, and then mm. it took about 40, 40 minutes to, to get him off. But there was two Sydney Swans blokes that had to walk outside of the ground <laughs> to get back in. Amazing. Hey, well, it, what they actually, yeah. What what's they the actually, story there, Nugget? Do you know? Yeah. Story? So what what they actually did was they because that that was the bloke that kicked Buddy the ball. So he went to run at Buddy and then went, holy shit! The amount of fans that were running. So he headed for the sideline. Now he went in the away room, like tunnel, and there was someone from the SCG said, "You can't get back to your change room from here." So you have to go out onto the road, and without thinking, <laughs> they went, "Yeah, sweet." And went out onto the road and then realized shit. And it was pretty much a fire exit. So it was locked behind them. So SCG staff member walked with them and just went. And yeah, they were saying it was pretty funny because a lot of punters out the side are sort of going, Oi, you still got a game to go to. (laughs) That's classic. It's so uh, Australian. When you think about it, it's just, it's such an Aussie thing to happen, isn't it? Just, you know, it's uh, it's great. It's, um, you know, and and you're right before you mentioned that the AFL want this to happen again. And, 
those are the sort of stories that sort of, you know, oh, that time where Buddy kicked his thousand and, you know, you, you'll share that with your grandson or, you know, yep. Yep. in years to come. And there's players, the you know, walking outside the ground to get back in. There was that many people. All the people. stories that go with it. Old mate that grabbed the ball. Yep. That he, he's a, he was from Dubbo, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh mate, he all, lives all, in Sydney. But... Yeah, all that publicity, all that yeah, publicity that came it. with it before and after. There is no way the league won't make something like that happen again. You're not going to yeah. be sitting here in 50 years' time. We're probably not going to be sitting here in 50 years' time anyway. We'll be dead. But like, but the reality is, is that is that you're not going to be sitting there going, you know what record you're never going to be able to break the top amount of goals because. Mm. Mate, what sells and puts people on in the stands is goals, right? Mm. So the league is going to find a way, just like basketball have, to make that goal counter tick over, and and someone will get it, mate. From from a perspective of someone's career, they'll get it eventually. So mm. may not be around to see it, but they'll get it eventually. So okay, so you reckon the Sydney Swans are going to win the premiership? You reckon Richmond are going to miss the eight? Yeah. So I am going to go here because because I just want. Because I, I don't want to tip Melbourne, even though I think they're probably the form team. Somebody didn't want to tip the 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 um, Panthers. I reckon the Brisbane Lions are going to win the premiership this year, boys. Ooh. Yep. And uh, I think they've been, they've, they've been in the mix the last couple of years. I think Richmond will make the eight, but here's my tip about Richmond. I don't think you'll see Dusty Martin play another game for him. I think he's done. I think he's not going to play AFL football anymore. Wow. So, cool. what do you base that on? Uh, I think I think that guy is totally done. I think he's cooked. I think he's heartbroken over the fact that his old man's passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think basically he feels like he's got nothing. Let, let me probably clarify that. I don't think he'll play again this year. He, I think he's going to take a year off the game, right? And he may miss it and he may come back. Um, but I think he is prime to not come back and play football again. So at this particular point in time, I don't think he sees a challenge in it. And I think he's a guy who who probably doesn't necessarily need it to validate himself and feel good footy about it. Footy needs him, but he doesn't necessarily need footy. I believe yeah. so, at this and, stage of his life. And yeah. you might have a bit of an inside running there, Macca, because I, I did, and I didn't think anything of it, but I was reading today about how he addressed his teammates today. Yeah. And he's still taking time off now. Yeah. Yeah, interesting one. You heard it first, listeners. Yep. So the AFL storyline for Macca is Dusty Martin will not play another game in 2022. Yeah, I don't, think you, I don't think you'll see him, boys. I don't think he'll play. Um, probably my other tip for the AFL, probably a bit of a smoky is I probably think Port Adelaide will miss the eight. And I think that's going to be a big thing because Port Adelaide, probably one of the early season favourites. Or at least they're, they're paying like 13 bucks for the premiership at the moment. They, they were pretty well up there. Uh, and I actually think I, I I think maybe you might see uh, maybe Essendon sneak into the eight. So the bummers mm. they're playing tough. They haven't won any games, but stay tuned. Stay tuned. So well, they, we'll they got a lot of fans Essendon, so they'll make a lot of people happy. Yep, very much so. Nice. Anyway. All right. Very good. Quick, quick question, boys. If there was a sport that you really wanted to get into this year that you just quite haven't sort of been able to get into the in the years past, what would it be? Something new to follow or take a, a, a renewed interest in or more of an interest in? Yeah. I mean, so we, like, we've, we've had Olympics and that, stuff the last couple of years. It's sort of taken our attention. But yeah. is there anything else that sort of, you know, you wouldn't mind learning a bit uh, more about or getting a bit more into? Well, I really had high hopes for the A-League this year. I, I, 
like because I've enjoyed soccer and I thought, you know, I've been really disappointed in the A-League this year. It probably just hasn't really interested me. But but I, what, what I would say, it's because it hasn't been accessible to me because it's gone to one of those streaming services, which yeah. is like not real well known. I don't have it. And so I don't see it, right? Um, mm. I've been to a couple of Jets games, but I haven't seen it. I don't even know when the Jets are playing. That's how, that's how badly it's Yeah, it's, uh, it's well, that's how badly it's advertised at the moment, right? Um, what sport would I probably thought that I think, think I might want to pick up and maybe start following a little bit more? Mate, the thing is, like, pro- like I probably would, I would like to get a little bit more into some of the women's sports. Um, I, I have enjoyed that, but, uh, and started to follow that. I hope there's a bit more, hope there's a bit more of that sort of stuff kind of going. That's probably about, that's probably where I've, I'd be with that question, mate. Nice, nice. Nugget? Um, well, a bit of another exclusive for the uh, listeners, Macca. You can get your soccer fix on a uh, Friday night at the Fletcher Saints over 35s. Oh. Looking, looking at a speedy right winger. Coming, Look out. You're making a out. comeback to the field, making mate. Making a comeback. So I feel wow. like another knee surgery. So we'll give that a bell. Oh, mate, does those hamstrings, better get the uh, better get the rappy gel on your hammies, mate. It, yeah. So how hard they'll be going through tubs of that shit, don't you? So but, what brought this on? When did you decide this? Well, funnily enough, uh, I, I did uh, a, a year ago, became self-employed and uh, yep. my daughter plays for them. Yep. And they hit us up at the end of the season. I was coaching the under nines, mm-hmm. hit us up for a sponsorship. Yep. We're good to go. Paid all that. And uh, she's decided she doesn't want to play this year. So, oh, right. So, I thought, so you're sponsoring the team. but I'm going to get money out of it. I'll bloody play. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Good on you. Okay. Yeah. Not that I expect anything out of it. So, are you sponsoring the club or the over 35s team, or what are you doing? Well, I'm actually just sponsoring the uh, junior mini roos. Oh, right. So, okay. there'll, be, yep. there'll be the name up on all the goals around uh, the uh, Fletcher Saints home ground. Oh, so. well, hopefully, my little boy comes to Fletcher and plays. I'll have hey. to bring my dog and he can piss all over it. There you go. That's the one. I was going to say get a picture with it, but yep, that's all yeah. good too. Yeah, yeah, that's no, all no. good too. No, but, no, um, just, just kidding. I like your business. Well done. No, Australian <laughs> property finance. If anyone's looking for any type of funding, so yeah. market's hot at the moment. <laughs> but no, I and I I haven't, and it's something just getting back into, in that I used to religiously watch all the NFL games. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And last two years, it's been I had just. I know we've been homebound, but I just haven't had enough time. I've focused on other things, so I'll be I'll be getting back into that once mm. once that kicks off. Yeah, what about I you, must... Trudy? That seemed like an out of the blue question. What do well, you? Well, no, I mean, I, um, interesting point about the NFL. I, I traditionally have not really loved the NFL only because of the how long it takes for the stop start, but I, I do sort of enjoy the the weekly podcast storylines when you know you get NFL takes tacked on the basketball podcast. I listen to a few of those. So yep. I kind of, you know, um, I guess remotely follow the NFL that way. I don't have a favourite team or anything on like that. You know, I mm. kind of like following how Tom Brady's doing and, you know, given that his age and stuff like that. Mm. But probably the one sport that I would, would, would like to delve more into would be the Formula One. Um, I think yeah. the Formula One yeah. has had a bit of a renaissance in the last few years and that is a, uh, a sport full of, you know, action, storylines, drama, technology, so I think in this day and age, you know, it's, it's, it's probably one of the more perfect sports to actually, um, you know, make a bit of a comeback. So, yeah. um, you know, I think one of the key things of Formula One is there's an American team now. Mm. Um, 
So that might be, you know, um, if, if, if you can capture the American audience, then that sport could really explode again. And the, it's coming to Australia shortly, isn't it? This, uh, this yeah, it's in about there? two weeks. Oh, no, sorry, uh, it's the third round, I think. But, yeah, it's in a month or so, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the, I, actually, that's a pretty good point, Streety. I, I tell you what, I, I what's led me to want to watch some of the Formula One or even some of the supercar races is the behind-the-scenes documentaries that they've done. So on Netflix, they've got the... Well, that's um, basically led, called? led the charge, what, isn't like it? The, the Netflix. Well, the, to be honest, I'd rather watch that than watch a race. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, I, if so you watch a 30 like, minute highlight race to the whole damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, it, and what it's led me to do is actually for the first time in my life, my father's a very big Formula One fan. He's a very big motor racing fan. I've never really had an interest in it. But those documentaries and that insight into behind pit lane and what goes on in those sports, um, and some of the, some of the characters that are involved has at the very least led me to check results more often, right? So understand, well, how's that person tracking? Who are they driving for? And where are they now compared to when I was watching the show? So, mm. um, or the, the point that, I, that the show is focused on. So it, it shows you, right? Like if you give people an insight, people want to be in the locker rooms. They want to be in the boardrooms. They want to be behind closed doors. They want to see what it's like. That's, that's what you're selling. You're selling a, a connection to the actual sport. Yeah, itself. well, pe- people love so, drama, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why shows like trashy, bloody shows like Maths mm. and you know the block to a lesser degree because you actually you, you are doing something in the block, you're making something. But yep. pe- people love that because it's, it's it's relatable. Yeah, people love Maths just because of the drama and just all the I can't believe he or she mm. did did this and said that. Yeah, Formula One's no different. You, you've got major beefs with you know Verstappen and then. Um, Lewis Hamilton and, and everything else and new, new teams and things like that. So yeah. giving people access to the human side of that sport mm. you know, and, and you blend in, you know, everyone, most people have an interest in technology or cars. Everyone drives a car pretty much. So yeah. there's a lot of relatable factors that the Formula One has that yeah. they can really just tap into and, and you know, yeah. if, they, if they can do it the right way, it, it, it may reach, you know, the, the heights of what it did in the 80s. I remember as a kid, I used to be able to name all the most of the major teams anyway. Mm, all the yeah. Formula One drivers. I lo- used to love it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. all the colors of the cars and the, yeah, it was good. So yep. that's probably one spot I would like to take more of interest in this year. Yeah. We, so, um, yeah, I think, you know, marketing is king. And we've always said that sport is the best reality show on TV. And mm. that doesn't just go for what happens on the playing field or, or out on the track. That goes for what happens behind the scenes. So if you show people that, mate, you're going to get interest in your sport, which is pretty yeah. good. So yeah, yeah. And that, um, that, that we, we might bring that segment in for the rest of the year too, boys. Just random thoughts like that to finish yeah. up the show. That's well, we have we got one more thing to cover. Oh, hang on. The NCAA tournament, boys. The well, it's a oh, round ball right. game with an orange the, ball. So we're going to the, talk a little the, bit of basketball around that's it. That's right. So it wouldn't the be UConn women, unstoppable. <laughs> You mate, they were lucky to escape double overtime. Double oh, overtime, mate. mate, to get through the final four. They almost got done. Don't worry about that. No, almost. Almost. Mm. Doesn't matter. Still there. Still Gino, dancing. Gino's Still got there. him playing well. He's going okay. So, Maka, one of the college sports longest and bitterest, uh, bitterest, 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 yep. bitterest rivalries between Duke and uh, UNC. It's on, um, baby. Sees, it's on. Sees a friendship. On tender hooks, 
you know, whilst this this actual rivalry has been going on for for, for decades, um, you know the rivalry between you and one of our four current, previous guests, Adam Melmoth, who's a yep. staunch UNC fan. Yep. That sort of beef has been between you guys has been going on for the best part of twenty years. It has. Um, it has. Yeah. And he's, this he's, weekend it, it comes to a head because Duke and UNC are playing in the tournament, not yep. not, not just the final four, the tournament. For the, the very first time. Yep. I, I exactly find that right. quite amazing. Yeah, over, yeah. Over the years, it's the first time in the NCAA tournament they're actually playing together They've played against each other. Each other. But it is pretty amazing to consider four. two programs the size of Duke and North Carolina haven't met before in the tournament at all, right? But I'm not surprised they haven't met in the earlier rounds of the tournament because typically being from the same conference, they'll be placed in a different region, right? Um, yeah. And they've always kind of been both competitive. So typically the conference, the, the, the selection committee for the tournament usually keep them apart, right? Um, but I am surprised given how successful both programs have been that they haven't ever met in a final four, but I'm pumped for it, right? So for, for full context, if you were to name the sport that I follow the most, it's college basketball, right? I prefer it over the NBA. Basketball is my favorite sport. But the, but the league that I follow the most is the college basketball in the States. For whatever reason, it's just appealed to me more than any other form of the game. Uh, and I am a diehard Duke fan. I was lucky enough in 2010 to be able to be present in Indiana when they won the national championship. That was the second to last time that they won it. So they've won it since then. Um, and it's the greatest memory, sporting memory of my life. Being in that stadium that day, watching them win a national championship against Butler, when they when Gordon Haywood missed an absolute, oh, it was going in, it was going in by an inch, was easily the most memorable sporting experience I've had live. So because it meant so much to me. So you're right, Streety. Like the rivalry with North Carolina is probably one of the strongest that Duke has. Everyone hates Duke. If you're not a Duke fan, you hate us. They're the um, Manly of college basketball, the yep, Collingwood absolutely. of college basketball. Uh, but this will be an absolute cracker of the game, an absolute cracker of the game anyway, just just because of how good these teams match up to. So. Yeah, look, look, like an onion, there's, there's many, many layers to this. Uh, the rivalry, the players. Yeah, Probably one of the biggest things is uh, Coach Gay, a yep. legendary coach of college basketball. It's potentially his last game. It's been his potentially his last game for a few games. Uh, but yep, what makes right. it interesting, they're playing their rivals. And yep. UNC spoiled the party a couple of weeks ago in uh, Cameron. Coach K's last home game yep. where they beat him in the home court and kind of ruined, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the post-game proceedings. Um, yep. You know, had to talk to a crowd out for a loss, not what Coach K had anticipated. Could happen again. They could, you know, UNC could have the last laugh again. You take those words out of your mouth. No, just kidding. Come and bitch, that bitch slap you like Will Smith. No, I just, um, mate, it, absolutely. Like the, it's poetic though. Like it, this, this is kind of the way that you wanted oh, to happen. It's, it honestly, couldn't work out better. You, you, it couldn't have. You couldn't have scripted this better. And, um, and Mike Shishetsky has served as the coach of Duke since 1980. So. 42 years for those counting at home, uh, which is a phenomenal amount of time. My entire life. Yep, absolutely. And one, yeah, one year, one year after I was born, he was made the coach. I was lucky enough in that final four that I spoke of in Indianapolis that I was there for, 
I, because of the fact that I was there on my own, just by pure chance, I got upgraded to a corporate suite. And that corporate suite happened to be um, hosted by the coach previous to Mike Krzyzewski at Duke University, right? So the guy who was was the coach before Mike Krzyzewski was, was in that suite and hosting it. Um, what his bloody name was, I can't remember now. But anyway, he was a really nice guy. But phenomenally, Mike's, like Mike Krzyzewski's uh, career, unbelievable. Five national titles, 13 final fours, 15 ACC tournament championships, and 13 ACC regular season titles. If you follow the sport, you know that's pretty good, right? To have such sustained success. But if you were to say, what would be the fairy tale ending for him playing North Carolina in the final four? That would be about it, right? So yeah. you couldn't have asked for something better. And was I can't it, wait. Absolutely can't wait. Bill Foster, was it? Yes, that was Foster's it. getting on the Foster's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on, on the topic of fairy tales, there was a 15 uh, seed that made it all the way to the Elite Eight, St. Peter's. Yep. From a little college from uh, New York State, somewhere yep. there. Yeah, New Jersey. Um, yep. New Jersey. A, uh, a Cinderella in the very definition of it. So, yep. yeah. you know, movies are made about runs like that. Um, they fell a little bit short, but. For a school that size, making it that far was, you know, almost as good as it gets in the yep. sport. Yeah, mate, that was huge. Like, And that's what the tournament is known for, is basically these storylines where teams that usually wouldn't normally compete basically just get momentum, they get belief, and they just go on a run, right? Like, mm. the margin of, of difference in terms of uh, talent is usually pretty big, but you know, you guys know what it's like in basketball. When your team believes and you find a way to kind of work together, anything can happen, absolutely anything. And for the Peacocks, mate, that their run was just absolutely unbelievable. They beat some big-time programs. So to put it like kind of like uh, the, the, they beat Kentucky in the first round, right? Kentucky, when you talk about power programs, are massive. Um, head coach of the St. Peter's is paid about $260,000 a year, right? That is less than about six of the assistants on the Kentucky program, right? Mm. Like, sorry. Yeah. The, like, so this guy, like, yeah, what they have, what they did was just phenomenal. And that did guy will now did cash you... a check, cash a check as coach of Seton Hall University, I believe. So that, that, so. that coach, uh, I can't remember his name, but um, he Jay was in Holloway. MVP of the 1996 McDonald's All-American High School game. Yep. And uh, on his team was one Kobe Bryant. That's right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. so there's some. And uh, I think, uh, oh, mate, uh, did, did you say you got, you got the head coaching job at Seton Hall? So he's... Uh... Uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but he's a St. Peter's um, alumni. That's where he played his college basketball. And played that's at where St. Peter's or Seton Hall? Seton Hall he played. So yeah. he played at Seton Hall. So, um, and he's... He's, it's well known in circles that he'll get that job, basically, yeah. um, which will be a huge. Yeah, so, yeah. so he just whatever they're going to offer him, he can just say double it, and I'll, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, all right. So, um, is Duke going to win it all? Uh mate, I'm not going to make that prediction. You won't hear any of those words out of my mouth right now, <laughs> I, because I don't want to jinx them. I don't want to say any of that stuff. What I would say is. North Carolina are a better team than an eight seed. 
So the tournament, for those of you who don't know, works on seeding from one to 16, basically in each region. So 16 teams in each region to start the tournament and each of them are seeded from one to 16. So there are four number one seeds, for example. That means North Carolina were rated basically like somewhere in the vicinity of around about the 40th best team in this particular, probably let's say the 35th best team in this tournament. That's horseshit. They're way better than that, right? Mm. So, um, so I, I think I think it's going to be a hell of a game on Sunday. If if but but equally, Villanova playing Kansas is going to be even better. Is that so, on Sunday as well? That's on Sunday morning. Yes, they're yeah. both on Sunday. So, Villanova first. Where are you yeah. watching this game? Uh, I haven't worked that out yet. I was I trying to find. I was trying to find a. I was trying to find a licensed venue that would show the game that early. But you guys know Newcastle, right? If there's a if there's a rugby league game on, that'll take precedent on a big screen. So the only thing I'm thinking of doing maybe is just basically watching it at home and inviting people over if they want to come. Barbecue, breakfast, nice. I like it. Sounds yeah, good. Lock it exactly. in. Exactly. And, so, and um, do we have any big high stakes bets? So I'm talking not just not monetary. I'm talking tattoo on the butt or. <laughs> well, the, the reason the that I was has, alone... has to wear the wear, wear a full kit and go and uh, shoot some hoops or something like that and get photographed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so so one of the things, yeah. Look, we we haven't got one yet, but by Sunday, stay tuned. Basically, <laughs> so we should get Melly on the show after the final four anyway to talk to him about that. Well, so. He might might not want to talk. We'll see. Um, I, might, I might not want to talk. I don't it depends. Know. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So. Sticking with 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 uh, the sport, um, last time we spoke, Ben Simmons had just got traded. I, th- I think that the trade deadline happened then, or was it before? I can't no, quite remember. We, but anyway, yeah, yeah, hadn't been traded yet. Hadn't been traded, so he ends up on the Nets. Um, you know, we'd we'd spoke behind, uh, you know, in various chats saying the Nets would be a great team for him, and um, we didn't think it'd be for James Harden way back then. We thought the Kyrie Irving trade for Simmons would be more was an option. It didn't work out that way. Probably worked out better. But he still hasn't played yet. You know, he's got this injured back. Uh, the Nets are back, you know, as I, I predicted, Kyrie Irving would be back uh, before the playoffs, and that has actually happened. Um, New York changed their mandate laws for entertainers and sports people. Um, so Kyrie is benefiting from that. So he's allowed to play home games. So the Nets look a little bit more dangerous as an eighth seed. So talk about seeding with North Carolina. The Nets are in the same boat, much better team than where they're going to finish. Um, they've had a lot of injuries and plays out and sort of derailed their season. But I guess the beauty of an 82-game season in the NBA is you can go well, you can have a shit run, you can get get, get back on the track and uh, and, and recover a bit. Uh, but on Simmons, if he jo- if, if, if he's healthy enough, you know, the, the no reason why the Nets can't make the finals and win it. It's, it's just uh, Ben Simmons' career continues to be shrouded in a little bit of mystery. Yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, you would have thought, yeah, look, I don't know whether the guy's just unlucky or whether, you know, something else is going on there still, but ultimately, you know, it's been a year to forget for him, hasn't it? You know, like from the last 12 months, he wouldn't want to go through it again, whatever's going on. So, you know, if he's unlucky and he just basically picked up this injury when he started to come back to practice and all that sort of stuff, Mate, I feel for the guy. Um, if there's something else going on, I just hope that he gets help to to work through it. But mm. it's a shame because I really enjoy watching him play. 
and it's, it's, it's yeah. a bit concerning if there's reports of a herniated disc and needing epidural when you haven't been playing. You know, obviously yeah. you're working out behind closed doors. So yeah, yeah. I and, mean, and, uh, that's, and, and that's the thing. Even if he, because well, how many games? There's not that many games to come. I don't think he's match fit to go straight to the playoffs. No, now. well, that's the problem. He hasn't had a chance to get himself. Yeah, he, and don't get me wrong, he's on a great team, and I think yeah, he yeah. could contribute minorly to it. But is it going to absolutely root his back? Well, I, I think I think for Simmons, Simmons' role, you know, I think if he if if this story is is overblown and he's actually able to play, and my thinking was that uh, the Nets were playing it were a bit coy on this and waiting for the Kyrie situation to sort of you know resolve itself, which it has. Uh, and so that that allows Ben's integration back into the into the rotation. Uh, I think there's less spotlight on that because Kyrie's back, and you've got two guys that are going to take eighty percent of the shots, and you've got your role players surrounding them. So, in order to integrate Ben to that team, it makes the coaching staff's job way way easier now that Kyrie's back. Um, but where you know Ben probably isn't going to be leaned on to be playing 30, 35 minutes a game. That's that's not going to be his role if he plays this year. He's more of a 15 to 80 minute guy coming off the bench, um, lockdown defender, spot minutes, and then gradually, if, if the Nets progress, then he can sort of you know see a bit of a minutes increase. That's probably what I see for him. I, I hope it, I hope it does work out because I think those three together would be something pretty special to watch. I, yeah, I agree. I, I want to see him out there. I got a bit of a, a random prediction for you boys. I just looked at the Brooklyn schedule, and I was just trying to put my Brooklyn hat on. And I would say, uh, when when does he play? Like, when do you get him? When do you get him basically back back in? I, at least five games, right? I I think he'll probably play. So the NCAA Final Fours on this weekend, it'll be the biggest thing basically happening in basketball. And so, and all eyes will probably be on it, and not a lot of eyes on the NBA. I wouldn't mind betting that if you're going to see him in the regular season, you see him this weekend. Who are they got? Uh, Atlanta on Sunday, by the look of it. And um, that's an away game. Maybe they want to start him at home. Um, Yeah, he he absolutely plays a home game. Yeah. Well, the night. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But ultimately, there's, you know, there's a, there's a couple of opportunities there. I think they play basically a, Two game homestand on Wednesday and and Friday you won't see you won't see him then, um, but I'm not real sure. But I, I get the feeling that you might see him on my, maybe if you don't see him this weekend you'll see him Monday or Tuesday. The uh, the yeah we'll see anyway. So the seventh of April is that they have a home game against the Knicks. You reckon that's it? Could be it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I can't see them. You know, Ben playing his first game against the team that have knocked knocked him out. That's probably too many demons. Then they're on the road at Houston. You know, you could actually play an away game at Houston. Yeah. Um, you know, that that probably wouldn't be a bad one to, to start mm. uh, and have his home debut against the Nets, and then finish off against the Cavs and the Pacers. Um, and that, I think yeah. that rounds their schedule out. Um, probably that, that's that's a pretty soft landing. For him to, to come into into the playoffs and you know, yep. a, good, a good ramp up. Yeah. So fingers crossed for Ben. We want to see it. Yep, uh, definitely. Yeah, wish him all the best. Can't definitely. wait. NBA playoffs around the corner. Heaps going on. Um, I was uh, maligned for 
one particular prediction at the start of the NBA season that the uh, the Dallas Mavericks would be a top four seed. And uh, I said they'd win 55 games, they're, they're, but they're looking like they might win 50 after a pretty sluggish start. Um, my other prediction didn't hasn't panned out too well. I, th- I picked the Lakers to make the finals, but they may not even make the play in. What a disaster. Yeah, that's been – the wheels have fallen off there completely, haven't they? It's big time. So, if, yeah. I was, if I was LeBron, I'd already be fishing. Yeah. Well, I will put okay, Nugget. So you you're onto something there because I think if LeBron wasn't a shot at getting getting Kareem's scoring title, he would have shut it down already. He wouldn't be yeah. playing. It'd be some kind of fake injury, but he 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 you know obviously wants to pad the stats. Um yeah. and my other prediction, which I'll you know won't say for later, is I think he's gonna be the subject of some trade talks. And they might mutually agree to part ways because I can't. The Lakers can't get out of this hole, you know, that they're in with Westbrook's deal. No one, no one wants Westbrook, so LeBron's best option is uh, requesting a trade out of there. So I, I, I think they're probably going to sit Westbrook and buy him out. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, the Lakers have got enough money to basically buy him out. I reckon. They do. Yeah. All the other option is, you know, if they're willing to get the draft pick, they can trade it to Houston for John Wall, and the Houston will just do exactly what they did with John Wall this year. Mm. Um, that, that whether or not they want to give a draft pick up. Yeah, I mean, you're how, right. If, I, if there's a yeah. team that's well positioned to do that with all their yeah. cash, yeah, that's it. I can't believe how, for a guy with that talent, just how how much of a negative um, influence he, he has on a, on a. It's it's phenomenal. Well, you, it's, you, it's, you, you yeah. read about it and then you actually see it with players of, of great caliber. Yeah, it's um, it's wow, it's it's something else. I. It, like I, what surprises me is he's a guy that's got so much talent but so little self-awareness. Like so, you know, clearly, you know, when you when you were struggling with your own form and the and the team wasn't winning, for him to have come out and said, "Well, you know, I can't help him if I'm on the bench and you know, I've never had this problem. I I don't get sat in games and I'm not playing very well because you sit me for too long and all this <laughs> and I've scored twenty five thousand points in my career, mate, mate. For God's sake, like you can't just have everything <laughs> result revolve around you. So. The degree of narcissism runs pretty deep in the NBA. Um, I think Westbrook is prime example. LeBron's not far behind, uh, but uh, you're right. Self-awareness is not present for Westbrook. Yep, definitely. I can tell you, so, mate, yeah, one of the teams I reckon is going to go real close to winning it this year is Memphis. Oh, great team. Love Mm. love watching them play. There's definitely some uh, 14, 15, 15, 16 Warriors about them. But probably, I think out of all the stats to come out this year, the most incredible stat from the NBA is Memphis and 17 wins and two losses without Ja Morant, who, yeah. you know, is, uh, has been one of the best players in the league all year. Phenomenal. Did I, at the at the start of the NBA season, didn't I, did I pick Phoenix? Yeah. They've done better than, what, 61 and 14 on, on pace for 67 wins. Pretty amazing. Mate. Mate, I know the I know the round ball game, boys. I know the round ball game. You don't have to say it. I know you boys are thinking it. I know you boys are thinking it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they won't do a fucking thing, mate. You're off your face. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a totally different game come the playoffs. So you know, I, I think if there's any year where seedings don't matter that much, this is it. You know, you got good teams down the bottom. Except um, when you know, you're talking about the mighty Phoenix Suns, mate. <laughs> Number one yeah. seed. I mean, number one, no show. Phoenix Suns. Go put your, your Dan Marley jersey on. <laughs> go wear your Aaron Bain's 40, 46 Suns jersey, Mecca. 
Thunder, Thunder Dan. Thunder Dan, Rex Chapman, all the boys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, the players are in the corner. It's always good, 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 uh, good viewing. So we look, look forward to that. Oh, very quick, um, very quick question before we wrap up the show. What do you reckon's going to happen with Joe Ingalls in the off season? Is he going to be in Portland? I've seen on social media he's in Portland at the moment. I reckon they're pitching him pretty hard to come and, and make a play at him in free agency. I think big time they are. Yeah. And Portland. Yeah, we're here now, but well, like they basically, yeah, they traded for him basically like to offload the contract, right? Like for Utah to get somebody else in. And, but I reckon Portland did this strategically. They want him there, I reckon. I reckon they are hammering him because of the yeah. fact that he's already there. We're rehabbing you. They'd yeah. Be, yeah. They'll be pitching like, him. Like you don't, if you're doing that, you would just say to him, mate, just rehab in Utah. I can stay there. Zion Williamson re- rehabbed his knee injury in Portland. He- he's a Nike athlete. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Nike sponsors uh, Joe Ingles. Mate, Smoke and Joe, I reckon you'll see him in a Trailblazers jersey next year. They'll make him feel very welcome, I would suggest. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of players like living there. It's a nice – It's a, the, the NBA's wokest city. Um, but uh, by all reports, it's a, it's, it's a nice city to live in. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the other thing I, I would, wouldn't be – Surprised, and I think I, I would lean in the camp that Ingalls re-signs with the Jazz mm. uh, on a two-year deal to finish out, and then um, you know in, well, in a reduced role. And that's what we thought, but yeah, Portland haven't haven't gone as quiet as we thought they would. No, so. nah, they're putting a lot of effort in for a bloke who they just they if they just wanted to basically I'd like get, get something offloaded for the year. So mm. anyway, all right, boys, good to talk right. to you. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, everyone, for listening tonight. Uh, three major sports plus some other stuff. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't really get to the Will Smith slap thing. We probably had some ideas to talk about some oh, of the fuck. sporting's greatest slaps, but uh, nothing will yeah. compare to Will Smith's open right hand. One thing I will say is uh, Will Smith did play Ali in the movie, but uh, I think Ali would be rolling in his grave at the sight <laughs> of... Uh, so- Will so Smith, open-handed it's, slap. It's if, all if, Hollywood. It's Hollywood. Yeah, you're right. Awesome. That's the other thing. How much so the, of this was engineered? So these type of situations always reveal, reveal that the internet can be a very cruel place and one that doesn't forget, right? Oh, yeah. What, what do you boys think has been the best thing you've seen on the internet in the last 24 hours since this Will Smith debacle? Oh, there's been about 500 memes of that one photo and just yeah, all the yeah. varying captions. Yeah. Um, from that, and just some hilarious tweets by you know athletes and comedians, and yeah, it's been exactly. it's been. I think Will Smith has um, that thing has just proved the value of Twitter, and maybe yeah. Twitter's share price. I haven't checked. Uh, uh, I've got to <laughs> fact check this. But oh. I would be surprised if it had a sharp increase in its value today. Yeah, it probably has. There'd be a lot of users on there. It's, it's been quite amazing. The best thing I saw, yeah, it's up 52 cents today. So one and a half percent. So I, the best thing I saw was just a random guy who tweeted basically, um, like, like I probably, I probably will miss this, but he basically just said, you wouldn't see me defend someone else's girl like that. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, so, like Will Smith is crazy. You wouldn't see me defend someone else's girl like that. And I thought that was probably the best get of the whole thing that I'd seen. I thought that I'll, is I'll dead set another one a bit, so. a bit more explicit though about keeping something else out of jail. Oh yeah. I think I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so even though it's the, late, boys, it's too it's too early for that. So. We don't want to delve into Will Smith's marital arrangements, but uh, you know, obviously, in those sort of deals, that 
generally works out better for one party than the other. And I think in this case, it hasn't worked out so well for William Smith. All I could say is if I was Chris Rock, mate, I'd be cashing a hell of a big check on on Will Smith right now. Like, I'd be, yeah. One question I would have about the US legal services, who, <laughs> no. who, who's responsible if there's charges to be laid? Who does that? LA County? Or... Yeah, the, the Los Angeles. Yeah. So, Los I mean, Angeles if that's, if that's assault, I mean, obviously that, that's assault, right? Police can yeah. choose to charge or not to charge. Uh, I think they have to have a complaint in the, the US. I think charges. the system, I think someone has to file but charges. Chris Rock would have to make to a complaint. It. Yeah, so he'd have to he'd have to file a charge. They've basically said in a public statement, "We're ready and willing to investigate if the person that was assaulted makes makes a like files a charge." So well, that's not going to happen. But you don't have to in the states. I think also someone doesn't have to be charged criminally with the act for you to then basically charge them in the civil court, basically. So um, I think yeah, if, if anything's to come of it legally, I would suggest it's going to be in the civil court than anywhere else. I think if they come together, it's going to be on a special edition of Oprah, or they just shoot the shit and then it rates really well and man you know like chris rock could claim loss of income mental disintegration all sorts of stuff anyway it's already been a long night comedians are outraged adios amigos see you next time thanks boys all right